Welcome to the Business That Matters Spotlight. I'm Warren Coughlin, founder of this podcast and business coach to ethical entrepreneurs who want to build a business that matters. In short, I help you end chaos and gain control over your business so that you predictably and reliably achieve the profits, the lifestyle, and the impact you strive for through a team you can trust without the stress and frustration. When you experience this, you're more confidently able to make the world or just your corner of it a bit of a better place. At The Spotlight, we believe that every entrepreneur has a unique message that can positively impact the world and inspire others to do the same. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Business That Matters Spotlight. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Jordan Trask, the founder of Pre-Focus Solutions. What I love about Jordan and his work is the commitment to authenticity and branding and marketing so that they help their clients bring out the truth about the great things about a brand. What a, what a novel idea. So Jordan, welcome to the Spotlight. Hey man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So let's just start at a real high level. So tell me, what does Prefocus do and, and what's the biggest problem you solve for your customers? Yeah, that's a great question. I get it a lot, uh, you know, believe it or not. But really, Prefocus, it really starts with the name in itself. And, you know, whether somebody's starting off from the ideation of their business or just looking to find a way to do something better, we really sit down and look at every element of the business. So, you know, who's working there? Who's your target audience? Who? What's the culture that you want? And then really what, like you said, what's the authentic elements of it too? You know, what do you do well? You know, what's your passion behind it? What's your story? And when you're able to tie all those things together, it creates this cohesion within the culture that not only allows you to be seen as believable, but it draws people to want to work there. And it allows you to really, I think at least, uh, develop long-term or, or loyal customers that buy into the passion that you have, right? Right. Now, so that's cool. You talked about culture. So when people hear branding services, it's an interesting term, right? Like people use that term very differently. For some, branding is nothing more than logo and visual representation. For others, it's about everything that contributes to the reputation of the company. You spoke, you spoke a bit about culture. So what, what are the specific services you provide and how do you define when you talk about branding services? Yeah, that's another great question. Um, Branding, a lot of people just think we'll start here kind of like the Wikipedia definition is, you know, the visual appeal or how your design looks. But um, to, to kind of simplify that answer, I think branding or my answer, I think branding is the experience in itself. So as far as services go, um, you know, how do you communicate that? What channels do you communicate it on best? When you're developing your website, do you need 15 pages to maximize SEO? Do you need to reach everybody in the community? Or do you really just need to reach this small little niche of people that really, really value what you do? And so there's so many layers of the pre-focus and the partnerships that I have um, that help people build those cultures and build the development on site and build their social media platforms that all derive from this brand book or uh, you know central point of, of value, right? And it has to make sense. Um, and so really at the tail end, I don't, I don't like to have those clients that keep paying me every month, like typical marketers, how do you design this and that? What we wanna do is be able to just have this relationship um, that whenever you know, you're doing a new project, you're doing a new, uh, maybe you're building a new service or you're hiring a new person, um, how do we revisit some of the things that we develop on the front end that make sure that you're, you have brand standards in that you have like some sort of equity manager 
internally um, and we training that person to do those things and manage those things adequately, if that makes sense. Nice. And then, so do you, do you go as deep as doing the actual campaign work, the creative on a given campaign, actually building the websites, doing the social media channel management, or is it more at that sort of brand standards level? Yeah, I used to, that's where I started. So I'm a very, I feel like I'm very talented there, but really what I'm trying to transition into is more of the overhead, the creative direction. And I don't like to call it creative direction or, or the campaign management either, because it, it's just still, to me, it always has to make sense. Um, so we always go back and start to where, you know, the value of the brand, the, the purpose and passion of the business. Mm. And um, I, I can do all those things, um, but I, I have a really good team now. I don't know. I could give them a plug, Blue Soft uh, websites that we, we, we establish the guide, I guess you could say. And then he takes it from there and really, uh, you know, we work together. It's just kind of something that I do. I really charge for to make sure as I can advocate of the business of the client that I have to make sure that it's matching up. And then I do my, I guess my, um, I have like a goal, you know, at some point in my life, I want to do a Super Bowl commercial. It's kind of like one of those big primetime things. So <clears throat> I'm at heart, I'm a creative director, Yeah. but I really, my passion right now is making sure businesses don't falter at the front end. And then, you know, say we've developed a really good relationship. I'd, I'd love to help, help them put together a commercial or be kind of that creative director, but that's not something I really have. That's maybe for a little bit more further down the road. Cool. <laughs> nice though. I mean, I like what you've got going with, okay, I've got my specialty and I'm going to develop relationships with people who are aligned, who have their skill set and specialty and make sure that the client is well served by both. And so who are your ideal customers? Like who do you love to serve? Uh, to be honest with you, I think I really fit really well with, uh, like just small businesses to start off with. I, I'd like to ideally think entrepreneurs um, because a lot of, you have a lot of just go-getters that they do a lot of classes. They get a lot of guys. They get a lot of uh, work with a lot of people like you that give them a lot of good advice, but it's, it's still kind of hard to psychological element of it to try to try to pull out themselves. Like who's right. the authentic you, how do you, how are you comfortable in your skin? And, and, and no matter how much noise you have, going on around you, how do you not follow in the footsteps of other people? And so, you know, to give you an example, like a, a small business, uh, we're relocating to Mississippi. Um, and so one of the, couple, a lot of the people I'm talking to are some of the service industries like landscaping and, mm -hmm. and home services, stuff like that, to be able to say, hey, this, this company is doing a really cool thing over here. They're doing a really good job over here. They're dominating, you wanna be like them, but how do you not be like, you know what I mean? How do you yes. set the bar for yourselves? And uh, entrepreneurs the same way. Real estate's huge right now. I think we can all agree. I just walked through some of it. And a lot of people are doing the same things. And it's like, I work with realtors and it's kind of like, well, how do you stand out? How do you use your uh, personality to really drive your business and attract people to you? So um, ideally, you know, I'd like to work with corporations or something one day, but, you know, being able to stay where the sweet spot is, I think that would be the best way to answer your question. And do, they, do, your, do your clients, do they find it surprising or unusual when you get into this stuff about your personality and your values and the truth of who you are? Do they have an expectation that you're just going to try to put in together some kind of marketing campaign? Like, how do they respond when you go deep like that? Yeah, it's a, to be honest with you, it's a constant sales pitch. Uh, I mean, I hate that word, but uh, trying to educate them on the value of it, because you're absolutely right. When they call me, they're calling for branding. They're calling for a logo. And so, 
you know, you know how it is with getting people on the phone and having those discovery calls. A lot of times yeah. it's just, I, I swing and miss a lot. Um, and not, not in a bad way, like I'm failing because they want something, but they don't really believe in that personality. And so getting them to understand and educate a lot of, a lot of what I do now. And I, I find that a lot of those people, they end up calling me a year or so down the road. Like, oh man, you know, you were right about just doing the logo. Um, and, uh, you know, really starting from scratch. And so it's really hard, I guess, um, to answer the question. Yeah. But, but with those that get it, they're the ones like, do you screen at all for people who are values aligned with you or do you take anybody and then try to move them further down that path? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, th that's really what the main thing for me, I think when I'm I, to use the word screening, um, you have to find somebody that's good at what they do. Right. We're not, I don't really like to work with somebody that is just trying to make money. Um, that's something that I take pride in. I can help them. I can help them come to market. I can help them, you know, fill in some of the, the holes, but you have to be really good at what you do. You have to be experienced in what you do. You have to have passion in what you do. And the discovery process that I have that initial free call is really just saying like, is this, is this guy full of smoke or this gal full of smoke? Um, and then I still, how can I help them and how can I point them in the right direction to maybe get a coach to maybe get somebody that can mentor them into finding uh, something that, that they can do. And then, um, from there, I kind of set what I guess what I do is I have a, a 10 step process that I basically use and I kind of segment it out like, hey, what do you need? Uh, what do you have figured out? Like, what are you really on, on par with right now? And where can I help you? And I really break down those 10 things. And that's how I price myself out. And that really catches a lot of people off guard, too, because no, most people have a set of deliverables that is X, Y, Z for every person. But the, the things that I do, I think, is is very fluent with with the the level that each person is at, if that makes sense. So you try to you try to walk your own talk, do authenticity in the in the service that you're delivering. It sounds like. Yeah, I think you have to, right? I think you yeah. have to yeah. in order to sell what I'm doing. I actually I read this testimonial on your website. I loved it. I thought I'd share it with the audience because it's it's so cool. It says Jordan is one of the hardest working men with whom I've ever worked. He's driven, conscientious of his team and his company's goals, and he seeks to solve all problems with integrity, which I love. He truly seeks out the best in a company and wants the public to experience the best of what the company has to offer. That's that authenticity. And it's cool that your client actually picked it out. So I'm sure that kind of testimony makes you feel pretty good. But tell me, how did your background prepare you for this, both both at a technical level on skills, but also from this values perspective? Like, how do, what about your background got you into this way of thinking? Well, that's a great question. Um I think for stars, I, I grew up with my father. Had, he was a business owner. He did construction and he had a lot of business partners that just didn't mold well. And, you know, had some hiccups along the way that that, you know, disadvantaged us as a family. And then really when I got in, you know, got a degree, you know, I worked in corporate America, climbed the ladder. And it just seemed like there was no uh, there was no true culture. There was like a competitive culture, a, a monetarily driven culture, a uh, uh, um, you know, what have you done late for me, lately for me culture, nothing that was really true, like the family. And then I started working in startups, uh, the marketing industry, and you just see all the cookie cutter options, um, the basic services, everybody doing the same thing, you know. And so I ended up, I was working for a startup and we built the culture. Like it was really cool. And nice. we were hiring and we were doing partnerships. So I was wearing a lot of hats and stuff. And then the, the CEO just fired 26 of us 
And so at that point I had just had surgery and I'm like, man, you know what? There's God put me right in this position to, to do what I've been kind of really building over the last couple of years and all the education that I have from corporate America, from customer analysis, from B2B sales to a startup from the ground up and, and establishing ideal target audiences and not just a Biden approach. And how, how do you make sense of this? How do you put it together into a process? And so it's clearly is something I'm really passionate about. Um, and even just educating myself in the elements of branding. I spent a lot of time the first year just really looking into brand concepts and the customer journey and each phase of the customer cycle. And so that I could really make sure that I know what I'm talking about and how to speak to people in different, in different uh, phases and without losing the passion. And, and I think I've made it now five years and it's, I'm still more on fire than ever. And I think that's what really allows me to keep going and keep keep selling what I'm pitching. I love that. There's, it's funny. I talk about this a lot with people, right? It's the sometimes in values-driven businesses, I hear some entrepreneurs talk as if the values and their passion and their integrity is all that matters. And I'm always saying like the combination of that sort of philosophical approach requires the technical skill to be able to do the work really, really well, to be excellent not only excellent in your values, but excellent in what you and what you deliver and how you run your business becomes becomes really important. So the fact that you've dedicated yourself to developing your skills is cool. And how does that how does that actually make the business that like there's there's you, we've got a good sense of you. What makes the business special pre-focus? Like so no no false modesty here. Like why do people love dealing with the business? Yeah, it's the same thing. I think it's the culture I'm building. You know, I I only work with people that care, you know, like Nate, Nate Sealy's over at Bluesoft. Uh, my wife, she does a lot of the imagery when I do local photography. I vet, I vet my partners, I vet um, my contractors just as hard um, as I vet my clients. And so it's kind of like, I don't, I don't like to say you're getting the best of the best because there's always room for improvement. But the people that I work with, we're in personal development. We're doing, um, you know, mindset meetings uh, every other week. Uh, you know, I'm leading Bible studies here on the side. You know, how do we develop men as leaders? I'm, I'm a father. Um, so these are all constant things that I'm, I'm poured into at different parts um, that strengthen people that are all piece of that service. So I think that's something that a lot of people can get behind. And, and until you really work with me, though, I think you don't really get a sense of that. And it can maybe seem like a lot of fluff. Um, <laughs> But that's where I, I have the patient long game, too, to be able to say, I'm steadfast in this. I have a man of integrity, but I'm willing to prove it to you, too. And I think that's what impresses people the most. Yeah, that the stuff that yeah. people sometimes think is fluff is actually very, very substantive. It's hardcore, you know, have running your business by values. Tell, tell me a little bit about this mindset meeting. I hadn't heard of that before from any of the stuff you put out there. How, do, how does that how does that work? Um, I, I think the biggest thing. Um, with business owners and men, I think men in general, just personally, this isn't like, you know, gung-ho or anything. I think it's important that we're vulnerable um, and able to speak to other men, uh, brothers. You know, I think everybody has a bro, you know, somebody you hang out and have fun with. But having a brother uh, or a father, uh, if you don't have a father figure, to be able to say, hey, man, I'm, I'm really struggling in this. Uh, I had a bad week or I'm. Um, I'm having an argument with my wife or significant other or my my kids or a business partner that I'm, I messed up. I think a lot of times, you know, ego gets in the way of a lot of business transactions, especially today when you can put a front stage online and 
a lot of people don't know how to overcome that. They just keep burying it. And what it does is it just, it eventually destroys the business. I had a call with a client I had two years ago. He's in the music industry and he's running into relationship problems. I helped him build his brand. And he called me to talk about, Hey man, I know, you know, you you have a blended family, you have stepdaughters. And like, I, I think I might've messed something up and he didn't come to talk to me to bash his girlfriend or just to get uh, affirmation. He called me to say like, I need somebody to tell me the truth. You know, I need somebody nice. just to say, like, am, am I going about this wrong? And you know, that's, that's, I think it's just another extension of my business and the way I do things and the person that I am and surrounding yourself with those type of men, especially as a man myself, I think it's extremely important because I got a long way to go too. You know, uh, don't we all, buddy? <laughs> don't we all? So, if you if you were to define it, what's the difference in the world you want to make with the business? Like, it's clear you've got a lot of values driven, but if you could say, you know, here's here's the the impact I want my business to have, what would that be? The impact, um, I, I say, uh, to get people to communicate what it is that they want people to know um, better. Uh, I think I struggle, I really struggled a lot, especially, and I'm a communication major. Um, I come off wrong. You know, I, I, I have really good intentions since I rub people the wrong way sometimes. And so that stuff, that stuff trickles. And, you know, I, a lot of people want to save the planet. They want to save the world, but I think it's in the small battles to where, um, you know, you say something the right way. How do you communicate that the right way? How do you take your business to be able to make sure it's not misconstrued or misinterpreted or that the perception of your your true you isn't isn't flawed? And I think that's something that I've been kind of blessed with being able to help people understand is it starts with understanding. If you're not able to understand that this person that you're talking to is different than this person and you just tell people the same things, we have the same script for everybody. You're, you're, you're opening yourself up to a negative first impression, which can number one, hurt your business, but also hurt that person in the long run. So I think that maybe that's not that big of a deal, mm. uh, but I think it is. You know? I think it's a big deal. There was a movie, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was, it was a Tom Cruise movie and, and he actually has this line in it where he says, it's the small things, they're huge. And that's just, I think that's, that's sort of what you're talking about. Now, one of the things we're trying to do with this podcast is, is help others see that they can make a difference with their business by sharing stories of others who've kind of walked that path. And one of the objections I sometimes hear people have about, you know, going down this more values driven or ethical line is, oh, well, that's, that's good for them. They're obviously rock stars. Like, look at this Jordan. He, he studied a long time. He's a guru at branding, you know, so I, I can't be as good as that. Um, I'm wondering, so I'm wondering if you can share two things. Like one is, you know, you've given up a fairly high paying career to start this. Um, that must've been a big leap. What were your biggest fears about doing that? Um, failing, failing my family. Uh, I didn't have a lot of support either. You know, a lot of people doubted me. So um, I think the advice I would give is, is you know, you're, you're fighting for fulfillment. Are you fighting, are you fighting to just provide um, fear of failure is that driving you, or uh, are you are you being driven by reaching a, a level of fulfillment? Sorry, I kind of changed your question. No, that's okay. So I would okay. say a fear that would be would have been my fear is failure, letting people down. Um, and so on that, what's been your biggest that, what's been your biggest biggest setback or failure, setback. and how did you overcome it? How did you overcome? It? 
I think my biggest, definitely my biggest failure was uh, not staying true to myself. You know, at the beginning, uh, ch chasing revenue, chasing uh, websites, doing websites, uh, you know, hey, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And I realized like, that's part of the reason why my, my wife did doubt or other people did doubt or say, hey, go get a job because I was, you know, burning myself out for measly, for measly change. And um, once you, I transitioned into really doing what I'm, what I was pre-focus is all about, that's when everything changed. You have more free time for your family. You tell people no, instead of looking for people to tell you yes. Um, it's a beautiful thing. You mean when you started acting in alignment with your own values and purpose, it actually started working? Hey, it did. Funny, funny that, eh? <laughs> and so what are you struggling with right now? I think right now is uh, transitioning more. I want to do more stuff like this. I want to talk to people, do more stuff for free. Um, and that's hard to do, uh, to find uh, to, to find a time, number one, uh, to, to um you know, find people that believe in it, I think, and to say, hey, you know, I just I have a workshop and I'm looking for people to do it or I have an event. And I think, you know, it's even a little doubt, like you touched on a little bit before, of, you know, going for some of the bigger, bigger things and saying, oh, I'll never get that or they'll never, you know, they'll never do it. I think it's finding the time now to really get down and grind and, and get a presentation and a better explanation and more structured with the clients that I have and invest that time um, to do that. I think it's really tough for me to work in the middle of a move and stuff too. So, um, it could be a little discouraging, to be honest with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and most entrepreneurs, they struggle with some version of what I call whack-a-mole, you know, and there's that yeah, stuff you want to do. And then there's the stuff that comes up that you can't predict team problems, competition, customer demands, suppliers, all that. How do you keep yourself and your business focused or on track? Um, goals, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you call them smart goals, but just having deadlines, making sure, hey, this is something I really want, you know, communicating to other people. This is where I really want. I think we can do this, especially like my wife for me, having my partner say, hey, you know, let, letting them know I, I really want to do this and being able to cut them off and say no on certain things and, and even lose some money. Right. I think it's the hardest thing for most people to do. Um, that That's really kind of what I'm in the middle of right now. Mm. And what related to that, one of the things I've observed specifically as COVID is waning and there's people trying to figure out what to do next, there's a fair amount of uncertainty. Um, and so there's risks, opportunities. Do you do any kind of strategic planning or strategic focusing? Like goal setting is one thing, but do you go deeper than that and get into any strategic planning exercises? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, people make fun of me. I'm a man of contingency. So I hate to talk about this. You're going to make me talk about it, but you know, it's like, you have to think, you know, what a pre-focus cause you're right. Uh, businesses are failing right now, man, especially kind of my sweet spot. The people I help are struggling. They don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a consultant and something they don't believe in. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a patient season for me, but I'm also, I'm at heart creator, right? So I have a couple of books that I'm working on. Um, my wife does photography. Uh, so being able to work with her on creative direction, everybody always need, wants some pictures to be taken coming out of COVID. And then, um, you know, even being able to find out, hey, you know, if, if I were to have to get a part-time job or something, if something really got bad, like what, what can I work on now to build a resume? I think all those things, it's not a whack-a-mole. Those are all things that are extremely important to that goal. 
because uh, we want to reach them, right? We want to reach that goal, but you know, what if we don't? Uh, you have to work towards uh, sustainability as well. If that answers the question. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's cool. So listen, you've been really generous and open. Uh, for folks who'd like to hear more about you or who'd like to benefit from your branding services, where's, where's the best place for them to find you? Instagram, uh, at the prefocus. Uh, I'm kind of ramping stuff up right now. I got a lot of just really cool tips, not even necessarily having to do with prefocus, but stuff that I've learned, stuff that my people share with me, stuff that I'm going through. As, as I'm moving right now, I'm very fluent. We were just in trailers for uh, travel trailers for a couple months, and we got a really nice house, really nice office. So you follow me on there, and really kind of keep keep up to date with what, what's going on. And, uh, so say that again. Say the address again on Instagram. At the prefocus. Nice. And is there anything else you'd like the audience to know about your business, your background, or any any advice you'd have for people who want to go down this path of being an ethical entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, I just a video about this other day. I think it's something truly really on my heart now. Is just just use caution. I think me, even me, it's easy to blow with the wind sometimes, and what other people tell you. Let's talk to guys, uh, you know, like us. Talk to somebody that's outside your your social circle, outside your church group, your family. Because a lot of times, family and friends, they want to be right. They want to guide you, um, but. No, don't listen to your heart. I don't want to say that, but listen to somebody that can really give you a critical lens. I think that's important right now. So a lot of times we can get off on the wrong path thinking that we're right about things. There's so much noise in the media and stuff, whatever, who to identify with and who to follow and what political party to be a part of, uh, you know, really find somebody that can give you a critical lens. I think it's extremely important. Great advice. Thank you so much for your time and generosity. I love what you're doing with your business and for those you serve. And I wish you much luck and success in the future. And for anyone listening, you need some branding services and advice and want it done authentically, Jordan's your man. Thanks for your time, Jordan. Thanks for your time, Jordan. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Warren Coughlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Business That Matters Spotlight. If you're a successful, values-driven entrepreneur who makes a difference while making a profit and you'd like to be on this program, please visit warrencoglin.com slash podcast slash apply. That's warren, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do us a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Business That Matters Spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, warrencoglin.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, facebook.com slash a business that matters, and Instagram at warren.coglin. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.